Halashing for Halas? Want to braai or fine dine? Stay tuned to High FM on 101.9 Tuesday mornings from 11am for Essen Fresen where it's all about the food. Good morning everyone and welcome to our 11 o'clock food hour as we say. You're with Dolores Fischer from Food by Flavors and there's a definite uh, summer summer breeze in the air and we're looking to lighter foods. We're looking to delicious foods to fill our tables. We've just come out of all the Yom Tovim and we are whew, overeaten, can we say. But one thing that remains a perennial always is a delicious bowl of pasta, something Italian, something cheesy, something just delicious. So today we're going to talk about all those fresh flavors, Italian, tomatoes, mozzarella, parmesan, all the things we love the most. So without further ado, the very first person I'm going to invite to join me on my show is someone who has seen many flavors pass through her doors and kitchen doors and kitchen tables and dining tables, and that is Sharon Glass. Welcome, Sharon. Ah, Dolores, how are you? We're all good. Thank you for being on the show. So what came to mind when I was thinking Italian, the first person I thought of was you because I remember being a home cook many, many years ago and coming to your wonderful classes. And not only did the classes imbue us with recipes and ideas, but it actually gave us confidence to go home and actually make the dishes. And I think that's a huge thing that you've shared with just so many thousands of people within our community and beyond on Zoom uh, sessions too. So thank you for that. So while we're talking Italian, tell me your favorite flavors. Tell me your kitchen staples. Tell me what makes you the cook that you are when you thinking Italian? So I think that the, the most important thing is the olive oil that you use. That's number one For when sure. you're doing Italian. Yes. Um, and it has to be a good quality olive oil. So some are stronger than others, and you need to be careful because when you're cooking, olive oil doesn't like to be heated at a very high heat. Yes. You know, it loses all its flavor. So you've got to do it on a low heat. And that's one thing that I've tried to teach people over the years. Wow. But I think that... What's happened with me and cooking and over the years and all the sources and Italian dishes is that people have tried to change up the, the cooking style into a quick and easier cooking style. For sure, for sure. In other, in other words, the day, look, I think that making fresh pasta is my most favorite thing because I don't find it difficult, to be honest with you. I mean, it's literally flour, eggs, and maybe a little bit of olive oil, and that's it. Yes. But some people won't stand and make it. For sure. So we're very lucky that we are able to buy lots of fresh pasta um, that's easy to get, and we can mix it up with different sources, and I think one should take advantage of that. Yes. But besides that, um, I love a good pasta, and my most favorite one is just a plain, good old-fashioned tomato sauce. For sure. Whether you use it with a bit of chili as an arrabbiata kind of vibe or whether you use it as a plain tomato sauce. And as you said, coming into summer, you can even just chop beautiful fresh tomatoes with basil, Mm -hmm. a bit of garlic, olive oil, lemon juice, and some fresh parmesan. You don't even need to make a sauce and just toss it over a pasta. Absolutely. Absolutely. So winter, winter reminds me of lasagnas and cannellonis and pre-baked pastas. Yes. Um, summer reminds me of fresher pastas Tossed. and lighter pastas. Yeah. yeah. And Tossed Sharon, pastas. um, are there, I mean, there obviously are 
rules as such. We don't have to always go by them, but are there specific sources mm. you choose for with the shorter pasta and then the longer pasta? Would you have any exactly. like, advice to help us with that? Yes, so basically all your hard pastas, which are Durham wheat pastas, the ones you buy in the box, yes. which are made with semolina flour, um, like penne, fusilli, bowtie pasta, uh, rigatonis, those kind of things which are tubes, they need a heavier sauce. They need a, a more chunky pasta sauce. Don't use lighter sauces on those because the reason that they've got all the curls is to absorb all those beautiful sauces. Wow. So you want to make like... For example, in winter, one could do a beautiful slow-cooked beef ragu and any leftover meat and just add a beautiful tomato sauce to it and make it a heavy thing Yes. and use that to make a pasta sauce. Whereas your spaghettis and your um, linguinis and your um, bucatinis, my best is a cacio e pepe, by the way. Yes. And so simple easy, but it's delicious. Those are the long pastas, and those need... Very simple sauces, even, I mean, even a spaghetti bolognese, but it needs a long pasta. Okay. So, yeah. So you wouldn't choose a, a heavier sauce with a long pasta. You would go definitely for your lighter sauces with a long pasta. I think, yes, I think so. I think that one doesn't, you wouldn't take um, exactly a, like a heavy meat sauce or a heavy pasta, um, a seafood sauce or anything like that or anything with fish or lots of ricotta into um, the, the the long pastas, you do that in the shell pastas or the fusilli and those kind of sauces, those right. kind of pastas. Well, there's a really yeah. handy handy piece of advice for all us um, home cooks mm. at home making pasta. Yeah. And tell me, um, tomatoes, do you use canned tomatoes? Do you use fresh? Do you do a combination? What's your take on tomatoes? So I just, you know, I love cooking with tomatoes and I love the – it depends what season we're in. So yes. since we're going into summer and we're going to get beautiful tomatoes, yes. I love roasting little baby tomatoes and adding that to my pasta sauces. Mm -hmm. But it can be expensive. And I think one of the big things with pasta is we need to understand that even though it's a carb, it goes a long way. Very. So, you know, we, we know what food costs and it's expensive. Um, and I think that my favorite is to mix a tinned pasta or canned pasta with, with uh, I mean, canned tomatoes, tomatoes with, sorry, fresh. with fresh. But we ha must buy good quality Italian tomatoes, whether they're chopped or whole. Yes. And the big, the big thing is that every variety, if you look at the tins or if you know that you're, you're what you're buying, are different chunky tomatoes. So some are more liquid, some are more watery, some are more tomatoey. The fontanella, by for example, are it's a beautiful, rich tomato sauce in the tin. Yes. Where some others are much more watery. Yes, I do find definitely and the Italian ones are definitely there seems to be more flavour in the actual tomato in the tin. Correct. But also they're chunkier. I don't know if you notice, yes. but sometimes the tins are much chunkier than other tins. Yes, yes, so for sure. Sometimes you need to just chop them in the food processor a little bit to keep that chunkiness. Sometimes you want the chunkiness, so you let it cook down longer. And that's the difference. So do you want a smooth sauce or do you want, want a chunky sauce? sauce? Yeah. And talk to me about yeah. herbs. Do you use um, fresh herbs always or do you also use oregano and basil, do you, would you use a shaker? Would you use something that comes um, in a bottle? Well, the, only time, the only time I use dry sauce is if I'm doing a long cooking sauce, like a, like a ragu or a spaghetti bolognese. Okay. Every other time, your, your herbs have to go in at the end. You're losing flavor. You're wasting the herb. 
So wow. you literally would chop it in, shred it in, or just add it at the end, and that's where your flavor will come in. And preferably basil, because oregano is a very strong herb. Yes. Rosemary is very strong. Overpowering. Yes. I think rosemary overpowering. is too overpowering for like a Napolitan or something Correct. like that. Yeah. Correct. But whereas if you're making something um, like a, um, a ricotta, you could use I mean, a lot of, I use a lot of Italian parsley in that sort yes. of thing with some fresh basil. But you can't, you can't, you just have to gauge the amount that you need to your own tastes. Yes. And I mean, you'll see basil, I grow, um, I grow a lot of herbs as I'm sure you do because it's just easy to snip some off. For sure. Whereas when and there's buying, such pleasure in that and there's like... Such a good feeling about snipping off your herbs, yes. Isn't it divine to just go and pick some and then just snip them in and, and you don't waste. You know, you're not buying packets and packets of herbs that you don't know what to do with. Mm-hmm. Although, what I always do if I have extra basil is I'll just process it with some olive oil, not even make a pesto. Um, and I just make a, and put it in the freezer. Yes. Or, oh wow, in the freezer. Interestingly, for parrot, out of interest, you can take garlic, basil, and nutritional yeast, which you can get at any discim, and you turn that into a parrot pesto, pesto, basically. Wow, that's insane. Yeah, and, and freeze it, and I freeze it in small little containers and take it out whenever I need it. That's great. One so thing I learned a few years ago from Andreas, who used to be a chef in Johannesburg, and he helped me with a project mm. once. He actually showed me how to fry up basil, and we fry up a lot of basil and actually top it on on our dishes. And firstly, it's colourful, and it it holds so beautifully in a ziploc for for two three weeks. So I use a lot of that. Um, so as you see the basil leaves changing colour, I just fry them up, and it's it's a great addition yes. to a dish. You're lucky you've got a deep fry. <laughs> lucky, lucky me. <laughs> Sharon Glass, thank you. I, I don't, I don't fry that much with the, with the oil because it's got to be very hot and very quick and you're quite right. Yes. But, um, just, just a very quick one. So yes. there's one pasta I had in LA recently, which was amazing, was a mixture of tinned and freshly roasted tomatoes, but they put the parmesan in the sauce. And they used a thicker spaghetti, like almost like a little bit less than a bucatini. Yes. And they tossed the beautiful pasta sauce over the pasta. You didn't even need extra parmesan. Wow. And um, we know that the parmesan makes a difference. So you can get kosher in Johannesburg. Yes, that's the best. And, um, Always. As you know. Yes. And, um, At a price, but it's worth it. At a price, exactly. But it is worth it. Just, it is just worth a note, it. When, you're in, when you're in Italy, you never ask for parmesan on a seafood pasta. Never. They will actually murder you. Oh, that's hilarious. So we're going off to Amalfi to watch. Well, we're going to rugby next week, and then we're going to the Amalfi Coast. I better tell my husband who loves his pasta Amazing. that he can't have the parmesan. <laughs> that's hilarious. Sharon, thank yeah. you so much for being with us. Thanks for all your inspiration over the years. And we will speak to you when you're back from Italy. Thank you, Dolores, for having me on the show. Thank you. And keep cooking. Yeah, Happy we cooking. do. Thank yeah. you, Sharon. Cheers. Halashing for halas? Want to braai or fine dine? This is Essen Fressen. It's all about the food.
You're back with Dolores from Food by Flavors, where we're talking all flavors Italian. We have just spoken to Sharon Glass, and we've got a few more guests to chat to over the next hour. But I'm just going to share with you three very, very quick and basic recipes. Um, so get your pen and paper ready, or you can always message me privately, and I will always send you um, the recipes. So my son, actually, and his girlfriend were in Italy in December, and they went on a pasta making course and you would think it's so overwhelming and so daunting but it truly is as easy as Sharon says and if you if it becomes part of your kitchen repertoire it's a beautiful extension to dishes that you can make very very simply uh, homemade pasta is one egg and a hundred grams of flour as we mentioned you can add in a little bit of olive oil but to start the process literally on a clear surface on a clean surface, you make a well in the flour and crack the egg into it. You take a fork and you slowly start mixing the flour and the egg. You then carry on mixing until all the flour is well blended and mixed with the egg. And once it's in a ball and not sticking in your hand, so that may take a bit of time and everyone's hands also are very different when you're making pasta. Um, we dust a rolling pin with flour, uh, dust the surface with a bit more flour and roll it until it's very thin. You can then cut your pasta into different shapes. If you've got a pasta maker at home, of course, that's wonderful. But if not, we make thicker, long pasta. You can make shorter tubes, and it's just fun. It's a beautiful um, experience for the family to do together, and it's just um, there's nothing like homemade pasta. Uh, the other tip that I've learned over the years is that pasta water is actually your friend. During this process So um, I've learned almost That pasta water is one of the ingredients When we make pasta It acts as a thickening agent And it helps your sauce cling to the pasta One other thing I've learned over the years Is that I don't actually use a colander It's much better to use a spider strainer And in that way You can move your pasta into your dish That you're going to be serving in And a little bit of the water will always Move across with that So don't throw away all your pasta water The pasta actually soaks up the liquid quickly And we add the pasta water Just to help the sauce actually cling to the pasta Of course this is easier to do on a small scale When you're at home and doing a smaller meal But um, yeah, don't forget your pasta water And the last thing I'm going to share with you Is my very homemade Napolitana recipe, um, which I think is a staple in any kitchen, and it freezes perfectly too. Of course, fresh is always better, and as Sharon mentioned, always add your fresh herbs at the end. However, I do use fresh herbs and um, some uh, some shakers of herbs when I'm making my Napolitana sauce. So in brief, a quarter cup of olive oil or half a cup, depending on how much you're going to be making. There are no rules with this. It's really a flavor and a taste of your own personal um, desires. Of a, a, an onion, a clove of garlic coarsely chopped, your onion is chopped, a stick of celery or even two are always great in a carrot. I've just found that that grated carrot adds something to the Napolitana. I use some fresh tomatoes which I've roasted separately and I add to that four 400 gram tins of Italian tomatoes and we have an abundance available to us um, in Johannesburg and across South Africa, so it's always readily available to get beautiful Italian tomatoes. A touch of sugar if you want. You can add a teaspoon. I add a heap tablespoon of just regular salt, ground pepper, and I always like to grind the pepper fresh into the sauce, um, and basil. I do shake a little bit of oregano in too, and essentially you don't even have to follow the method 
It's literally your onions, your garlic, adding your celery and carrot on a low heat, adding your tomatoes, your touch of sugar, salt and pepper, and allowing it to simmer on a low to medium heat for one to two hours, stirring it all the time and making sure it doesn't catch at the bottom. When it's cool, I whiz, whiz it with a blender until almost smooth, but not completely smooth. And then I always check my seasoning and add in a little bit more basil. And of course, when you're serving it, you can always add in fresh basil. So that's my take on Napolitana. I'm sure... Um, different households and different chefs and different caterers have got their takes, but that's mine. But uh, before we move on, we're going to cross over to Tiffany Jobson of Willow Creek Olive Oil in the Cape. Hello, Tiffany, and welcome. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you. Thank you for being with us. Well, Willow Creek is definitely one of my kitchen staples. I love your olive oil. Um, tell us a bit about Willow Creek, how long you've been in the market, where you based, and just the the varying flavors that you have across your range okay so we are a local producer of award-winning extra virgin olive oil and we've been in the business for more or less 19 years um willow creek is nestled in the nay valley which lies at the foot of the majestic uh, langeberg mountains Mm -hmm. it's located just outside worcester and we originally started with table grapes wheat vegetables and then over the centuries, we um, just decided that we have a Mediterranean cli uh, climate here. Yes. And then we decided to plant olive trees that were planted in 1999. Wow. Um, but today, the farms grows, um, boost 155,000 olive trees, um, consisting of eight different cultivars. And we've been award-winning since 2002. That's amazing. So tell me, is there a huge difference? Obviously, climate and ground and soil, everything plays its part in um, cultivating your olive trees and then your oils. Is there a big difference between a local olive oil and an Italian olive oil, for example? Well, I think the sustainability of the olive oil farming is the same. Uh, it needs low water. I think um, just how it is manufactured, um, if I can put that in inverted commas, if it's cold pressed or cold extracted or if it's used with um, chemical extraction, I think it's not about the farming, it's about the processing of the olive oil and that's where your difference will lie. Okay. Okay, and do you have um, yes. any guidelines for us when we use different types of olive oil? Is there a specific um, where, where, where you would use an extra virgin olive oil? Where would you you, you would use a regular olive oil? Yes. Well, um, just uh, coming back to cold extracted and cold pressed, we are cold extracted, so we don't use heat and or chemicals. So it is very hygienic and healthy. And then with the extra virgin olive oils, obviously it's cold, cold extracted. And then you'll get a lot of companies that do refine. So that goes through a chemical process. Um, but your normal extra virgin olive oil is very stable at low heats and high heats. Wow, that's and interesting. And flavors, yes. So you can um, so cook with it too? Yes, extra virgin olive oil is the most stable oil for cooking and can be heated at high um, temperatures. And even when heated past smoke point, um, oils produce uh, low levels of harmful compounds due to the high antioxidant content in the oil. Wow, that's interesting. And talk to me about the different flavors. Like I know often it can say delicate or medium or intense. Yes. And then sometimes it says fruity, peppery, etc. Talk to me about yes. the different pungency and the different 
bites of the olive oil? Okay, so in Willow Creek Olive Estate, you will see we have an estate blend and a Nay Valley blend and our director's reserve. And on the bottle, it always states, is it um, delicate, medium, or intense? So our estate blends and our Nay Valley blend and director's reserve is a blend of different cultivars to get that intensity in the oil. So some um, olive oil companies like ourselves will also do single cultivars. And then we have single cultivars like Mission, Frantoyo, and Coratina. So your Mission is very delicate, and it's got a fruity aroma, and it's doing well with some salads, chicken, fish, spring Okay, vegetables. that's what I was going to ask. So you would use that over a salad? Yeah. Yes. And then your Frantoyo is your more fully ripe um, olive that produces intense extra virgin olive oil. So it boasts very fruity flavors with that very strong peppery taste at the back of your throat. And where would so you advise using that type of olive oil? Well, you you can, it's actually very versatile. It depends on your preference, but you can cook with it or you can use it in pastas or salads or you can also use it over fish or chicken. It depends how you would want to play with the flavor range. Sure. If you're a more intense person, yeah. Okay. And then your Coratina is potentially um, expressive with fruity. And uh, another thing that a person should know, it has more than 300% more polyphenols which are packed into it. So our um, blends are always a blend of the different cultivars, and then we also do sell the single cultivars. Wow, that's so interesting. And then sometimes you see a blend where it's olive oil with something else. What Do you, what, do, you do that, or what is your take on that? Um, we do. Um, sometimes you'll, you'll blend olive oil with a canola oil yes. um, or other seed oils. And I think it's just the preference. I mean, some people like the best of both worlds. They don't want to entirely go over to extra virgin olive oil or that delicate is still too intense for their palate range. So you give them the best of both worlds by blending a seed olive and a extra virgin olive oil. Okay. Interesting. Thank you. Thank you for being on our show and thank you for joining us. Thank That's you, Tiffany from yes. Willow Creek all the way in the Cape. Is it raining there? What's your weather like today? No, it's beautiful today. Um, you can go into the olive groves and I feel like I'm in little Italy here. It is the most beautiful atmosphere around our little farm. It is. I have been there once and it truly is beautiful. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thanks, Stephanie. Thanks. Chalashing for chalas? Want to braai or fine dine? This is Essen Fressen. It's all about the food. We're back talking Italian, we're talking flavors, we're talking mozzarella, parmesan, roast tomatoes, fresh basil, everything that titivates our senses and makes us just yearn for that delicious bowl of pasta. So I'm going to talk for a few minutes to Anna Schumke of Super Sconto Italian Deli in Johannesburg. Welcome, Anna. Hi, thanks for having me. Thank you. So for many, many years, um, your, your store has been a treasure trove to me. Even as a kosher caterer, I can't, I can't always buy every single ingredient. I love looking at everything, but you have got such a yeah. huge variety of kosher and we thank you for that. Even the parmesan cheese and all your pastas are, yeah. and your, your tomatoes are just 
beautifully displayed and a huge extensive range. So tell me when you walk into your store, you can almost be overwhelmed by the choice. So where do we start if we're looking for a pasta? And talking price ranges also, how do we know where to, is there something in a more expensive pasta that's kind of missing in a, in a less expensive pasta and with your tins of tomatoes, how do we know what to choose? Um, you know, eh, when you import pasta from Italy, yes. I mean, you know, it's, it's all about the quality sure. and the majority of them have got, are the, are, are one of the best qualities in the world. Yes. Um, and, uh, depending on the brand, uh, you know, it, that's where the price difference comes in. Yes. Um, so, we, so we, what would those differences be? It would be in the manufacturing process. It would be ingredients. What, what would it pertain to? No, you know the the manufacturing process. Um, they all they all much of a muchness, really. I mean, you know, they they all manufacture the same way. It's just yes. the actual brand, yes. You know, that comes in a lot more expensive. The different shapes. Some of them are a bit more expensive because it's considered a special shape. For sure. Um, you know, like for example, your farfalle, which are your bow ties, the 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 giant pasta ranges, the nests, whether it's with egg or without egg. You know, that's where the price difference really comes in. Yes. Uh, the pasta we have, um, all of it is, um, you know, processed through a bronze tubing, which just makes it that much more special. You know, the, the, it holds the sauce better. It, you know, sticks to the pasta, if I can say it that For way. For sure. For sure. Um, and you know, but, you know, if you're looking at your general shapes, you like your spaghetti, your penne, your macaroni kind of thing, they all come in obviously at a better price than the others that are considered special shapes. And um, and do you obviously yeah, we, sell more of those shapes? Do you sell more of the penne we, and the? You know, you'll be surprised. You'll be actually surprised because a lot of my special shapes are where people are starting to buy. I mean, especially for functions and whatnot. For sure. But um, yes, your spaghetti, your penne, your macaroni, your your fusilli, which are the little screws. Those are the biggest sellers. Your fettuccine, your linguine. Those are your biggest sellers. Yes, are for everyday use. You know. For sure. And talk to me about tomatoes. Uh, you have various so ranges. We've got, um, so we've got, we've got two brands of tomatoes, both kosher. Um, they are, you know what, we, we really uh, sell a lot. We honestly sell a lot of tomatoes. Um, our prices are very, very competitive. Yeah, yeah, and they, um, there's, you know, the, the, the consistency of the tomato, the amount of water in there, that kind of thing, that's what really And that really know, is what matters. sets the tomatoes apart from other brands uh, yes, available. Yes, it does. Yes. And it makes such well, a difference. Yeah, I've learned that over the years. It makes such a difference to the dish. And I think it's also yes, I mean, cooking, um, cooking a lot like we do. I've learned also over the years which brands work. So I know which also I like for a certain salad or if I'm going to do a slow cooked yes. kind of chicken dish or I know which spaghetti to buy yes. depending on what sauce I'm doing. And I think that also comes with experimenting yes. in your kitchen. Correct. You know, I, I can, I can, I can sell you my product all you like, but like you said, it's experimenting. It's, you know, it's, it's finding out what you like and how you like to cook it. And that's, that's, you know, it's experience really. I mean, you, you, like you said, you know, you've shopped around and you've seen and you know now what to buy and yeah. what, 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 you know, sort of works for you. Have you seen, um, have you seen things evolve and change 
obviously we much I think we are a healthier generation. We're looking more towards health. So obviously that would make olive oil a choice. But have you seen things evolve with pasta also or has it been consistent over the years? No, good grief. In the last couple of years we've had to seriously look at the organic pasta, at the gluten free pasta, you know, and that sells so much in in uh, you know in, in this time, let's say. Yeah. Um yeah, so we 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 have all that also the whole wheat and then we've come up with whole wheat organic so and we've got all that so that, that's that that's been quite an evolve with pasta with pasta's concern yeah so when your family all get together what are your table favorites tell us in let us in on your secrets on your italian <laughs> family secrets are they are there special dishes oh, that your family we, just love to make or what is your favorite yeah, you know, I mean, uh, we, we love our short pasta. I've got to be honest with you. So our family okay. is huge and so is the macaroni, you know, on our table. We love our lasagnas. We love our baked pasta, you know, sort of looks like a lasagna made with noodles kind of thing. Okay. And, um, so you use noodles we, as a lasagna bake? Uh, yes. So, so we call it pasta al forno, which is, um, you know, sort of like a macaroni cheese, if yes. I can put it that way, but done Italian style, you know. So wow. instead of using the lasagna cheese, we use like the macaroni and we make that's, that's with big meatballs in it. It's beautiful. Yeah. Um, yeah. you know, so then, yeah, we make a lot of ragu as well in our family. We, we, yeah, when it comes, you know, we like to keep it simple. You know what I mean? We, we up, you know. Simple's uh, best, uh, plenty always. Times, yeah, plenty times we'll have penne with a Napolitana sauce, which is just a simple tomato with basil, you know. There's no meat in there. And then obviously your meat dishes come after that. So, For you know, sure. when the family gets together, it's a huge table with about four And is it always Italian? Is it always Italian? Always Italian. Amazing. Um, you know, it's always Italian. You know, it's, that's the way, yeah, that's the way we were brought up. For that sure. was every night, every sab- every Sunday, Saturday was the one day you could sort of deviate and have pizza, but then again, it's Italian. Okay. You, you know, but, um, yeah. And, um, in, is there a time of day that's be- that is more kind of accepted by Italians to eat pasta? Is it a lunch or a dinner kind of, uh, meal? It's a lunch or a dinner kind of thing. You know what? That's how we were all brought up and that's how we go. Amazing. If we're having a lunch, it'll be the pasta and the meat dish with the salads and the veggies and whatever. If it's a dinner, same thing. Amazing. You know, um, but Monday, Monday to Friday, really, well, South African Italians, let's say, they, they don't really have a big lunch because the majority are working. Yes. And it's always a big dinner, you know, family dinner where you're all expected to sit at the table and be with the family. Yes. Yes. But, um, and Sunday's obviously the big lunch you know yes amazing thank you thank you anna from super sconto those who haven't visited you must pay it a visit you'll have great advice on hand and just it really is a cornucopia of delicious italian taste thank you for being with us thank you halashing for halas want to braai or fine dine this is essen fresen it's all about the food Okay, thank you, listeners. You're with Dolores from Food by Flavors, and we've been talking to a few industry experts on all things Italian. So hopefully we've all learned something new. I always say if you take one piece of advice or one little bit of knowledge out of a show, out of a recipe book, it's so worth it. So thank you to my guests. Before we wrap up, I'm going to talk about artichokes because I see that they are all over Johannesburg right now, and I hope all over South Africa, and they just are a beautiful Delicacy, which always looks fantastic and just adds some pizzazz to your table. So people sometimes have a fear of cleaning the artichokes, but literally what we have to do is cut off 
the top half inch of the artichoke so that the spiky tips are removed and then cut off the end part of the stem. Put them in boiling, well-salted water. And what I do is I add a good squeeze of lemon. Sometimes I even add some lemon pieces. And you can even add some mint and some uh, black pepper, which just adds a bit of flavor to it. And let them boil up in that water, bottom sides down, and simmer it. After it's boiled, simmer it for about 40 minutes or so until the stem is tender. You can eat it with a very simple lemon butter sauce. You can eat it with a delicious mayo dip. You can eat it with a salad dressing. Um, you can even grate some mozzarella over and bake them in the oven after you've boiled them, and that makes a delicious dish too. So that's a beautiful Italian delicacy to add to your table, and it looks so complicated, but it really is so easy. I hope you've all... Enjoy today. I hope you've all learned something. Um, I certainly have from my special guests. Um, carry on cooking with your olive oil, with your fresh and canned tomatoes, with your beautiful pasta. Try making homemade pasta. It's less daunting than what it seems. And we will speak to you all soon. Thank you.